Hello again, everyone. This is Editing Robert yet again. If you didn't notice, this is part two of the Oscars podcast for this year, so there's not going to be any intro to the podcast. We're just going to hop right back in to what we were talking about at this time. So yeah, enjoy the show. So we talked about the acting categories a lot, but let's hit on those just a little bit more before we move on. Yeah, there's I don't think there's a lot more to say about supporting actress because we talked about them all uh, a good deal, especially Judy Dench. <laughs> yes, um, one, in, one in particular. <laughs> one in particular. But I, like I said, I was very glad to see Anjanu Ellis get in there. I was too. Um, I was too. Because she was, I thought that she was going to get left out and it was going to make me, I know we're, we've just already talked about how we're not supposed to get upset or how we don't get upset, but that one would have yeah. bothered me because she was yeah. just mm-hmm. so great in that movie and that, especially in that um, uh, kitchen sequence, mm-hmm. which yeah. she yeah. just commands that scene. It's she's so so good she's like i was saying about martha plimpton in mass where it's like it's not the showy role Mm -mm. but she is still doing so much i would even go as far to say as she's better than will smith in this movie um because will smith is just being very showy um not to say he's bad but i think that she gives the best performance yeah i i think all these performances are great i was just very surprised to see jesse buckley and kirsten dunce on there but i'm not complaining about either one yeah i think ariana debose is is has got this locked up um and she was phenomenal in that movie and not that i'm biased or anything but she is Mm -hmm. from raleigh north carolina so she gets extra points in my book for that not that she needs needs that but i thought she was incredible i think she's got it locked up but I, I would not be upset if I saw uh, Kirsten Dunst or Anjanu Ellis win this either. I agree with everything you all said. Who played Ariana DeBose's character the first time around in West Side Story? She was in this one. Rita Moreno. Rita Moreno. Yeah. Um, I think the reason, like a big reason she's going to win is because they like to be like, wow, the same, a different person won for the same character 60 yeah. years apart. You know, um, not that she's bad. She's great. But it's just like amazing that someone did the same part and blew everyone else out of the water uh, in yeah. the movie again. We also talked about supporting actor uh, a good deal, but we didn't talk about Kieran Hines or Troy Kotzer or Cody Smith McPhee. We talked about the ones that we didn't love as much. Ben, when you mm-hmm. said there's two that seem to be in the lead, were you talking about Troy Kotzer and Cody Smith yes. McPhee? Yes. So like yeah. Cody Smith McPhee, after I finished watching Power of the Dog, was like, okay, he's he's got this locked up. But... Mm-hmm. I think, and rightfully so, after watching um, Coda, that Troy Kotzer wins this. He was just so, so good in Coda. That moment in the recital alone where there's no sound and he just looks around the room Mm -hmm. wins it for me. Because it's that look of a father going, I know what I have to do and I'm going to do it. I want to make sure that this gets done. And also the scene at the end, not trying to spoil anything but with his daughter and the yeah. feeling of the ill just right in the feels he's he's so good and he's just i think he's kind of stole everyone everyone's hearts on this oh, award yeah, sure. season like he got nominated for something and he fell out of his chair and all that you know yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> got those good videos and all that anywhere he wears a red Sox hat throughout the movie and i'm a huge red Sox fan so i love that 
Um, that's Ooh, a I'm big from plus New York. I'm from New York also, but I'm I'm still a Red Sox. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. I see how it is. I think my letterbox review for Power of the Dog was something about how Cody Smith McPhee is the Joker for westerns, um, <laughs> and uh, I I was the same way. I think I saw that before I saw Coda, where I was like, wow. He's if he's winning it, I don't have a problem with it. But at the same time, I don't have a problem with with Troy Kotzer winning either. Yeah. Um. And I do want to mention quickly, Kieran Hines is also great. I always love like the tender grandfather him. character. I do too. He does a great. Yeah. He's my favorite performance in Belfast. I think, like, if I could nominate one person from that movie, it would have been mm-hmm. him. Also, because he's been around forever and has never been nominated, so that's it's really true. cool. Um. Jesse Plemons. I agree. I wouldn't have nominated him, but I just love Jesse Plemons so much yeah. that I'm happy that he is nominated. Same. And it's cool that he and Kirsten Dunst were nominated together. Yeah, that's very and sweet. Also, uh, him and Jesse Buckley and I'm Thinking of Ending Things yeah. reunion um, for fans of that movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I so saw just, that I movie. Think, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you didn't like it? I That was the one Charlie Kaufman where I was like, okay, you completely lost me. I don't know what's sure. going on. Yeah, I'm kind of into it. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, I get it. But yeah, just a lot of cool nominees, I think, in here. Like mm-hmm. like him and Cody Smith-McPhee and Troy Kotzer and Kieran Hines being nominated. Um, this are just like, it's like, wow, good for them. I'm happy. Yeah. Uh, J.K. Simmons was also nominated. Um, <laughs> yes, J.K. Simmons was yeah. also nominated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, um, I love J.K. Simmons, but it's the weirdest, oh, it's the weirdest nomination. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just pretending Jesse Plemons was nominated for Game Night, and of because, course, yeah, yes, that, that's fine. One of the best comedic performances of the past like 10, 20 years. Oh, without a doubt. I wanted to mention real quick about Cody Smith McPhee is that I don't know. I'm gonna look it up real quick. I saw I've seen him in stuff in the past. I know I've seen. Was he the kid the in the road with yeah with Viggo Mortensen? He's also X Men. Yeah, X Men. He plays Nightcrawler, and he's also in the Reeves Ape movies. That's that's yes. right. He was in that. That's what I'd seen him in. Um, and then leading up to the Batman, I wanted to see Matt Reeves movies that I hadn't seen. Uh, so I watched Let Me In for the first time, and I didn't realize just how much that was led by kids. And both of them are great, Chloe Grace Moretz and Cody Smith McPhee. So now with Twenty Twenty Vision, it's no surprise that he's turned out to be such a great actor. Yeah, um, I need to see that. I've seen the Let the Right One In, the the one it's based on but that's yeah have you seen both of them no let the right one in seeing it the way you did is the right way to do it <laughs> like seeing the original okay well together we complete the puzzle yeah so. exactly um perfect podcast material uh Excellent. also he's australian i think like i saw a really? video of him where where he was accepting his uh, not accept he was like thanking everyone for the nomination and i was like oh my gosh like you watch power of the dog and you don't realize what a transformation it is you're um, right yeah yeah, I and also he has like tattoos and stuff and like has kind of hipster energy and I'm like, wow, this is weird. This um, came out of nowhere. I love that sort of thing. It's like Timothy Chalamet, <laughs> but Australian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he does a better accent in Power of the Dog than Benedict Cumberbatch does. I'll say that right now. Yeah, um, this is true. Since since I said that, let's go to actor in a leading role and finish off with Best Actress. Um, the one I just wish wasn't in there. Oh, and the nominees are Andrew Garfield, uh, Tic Tac Boom. <laughs> you were getting away ahead of yourself. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch, Power of the Dog, Denzel Washington, Macbeth, Will Smith, Will Smith, King Richard, and Javier Bardem being the Ricardos. And that's the one that I really wish wasn't in there. Who, like, there's so many people that I love that are in 
being the Ricardos that I just wish weren't nominated because they've like, I love Javier Bardem. I just wish this had gone to someone else. I don't have anyone off the top of my head. Maybe Adam Driver, um, if that counts as lead, but like for best actor. Yeah. Um, oh, I've got a few. For which movie? Um, the last duel. Uh, I was thinking oh, last Charles duel. Gucci. Head <laughs> <laughs> oh, was going to Annette because I know you like that too. Oh, even at, oh my gosh, even Annette. Okay, he was really good in Annette. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, Keanu in Matrix. No, I'm joking about that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Careful. Though I love though I love Matrix Resur- Resurrections. Yeah, yeah. I I think this is a very strong uh, best actor lineup, and it bums me out that. Andrew Garfield has to be in it this year when like I would take Denzel and Will Smith above him probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like, I just hope he gets nominated a few years down the road for like a weak best actor year and can easily walk away with it. See, I thought he should have um, won in 2016 for either Hacksaw Ridge or for silence. Um, that's the problem. Why didn't they nominate him for silence instead? That was much better. And social network and social network. Yeah, social network. That's the weird one because Christian Bale should have probably been in the lead category that year for the fire i don't remember what was yeah. the situation oh the there. fighter christian bale's amazing in the fighter yes, though i don't I, I would have given it to christian bale still but andrew garfield is so good he should have been nominated oh casey affleck won the, the hacksaw ridge year uh, boy anyway um do you guys have any thoughts on this year's uh yeah best actor so for javier Part of why that's so frustrating is because there were so many people that were talked about as getting that fifth nomination slot that would have been really, really cool. So just like a couple of the ones I wrote down, mm-hmm. um, Peter Dinklage for Cyrano. Oh, I yeah. really liked him in that movie. I feel like I feel like he carries the movie and without him, it doesn't work. And that's kind of like Andrew Garfield. He's an actor, especially in Cyrano, where he's just so confidently displaying his emotions like on his face. Mm. Like it's just such an emotional performance and i love that like there's this scene early on where roxanne i was blinking on her name i can't believe that for, for i said a it ten thousand times i know i know i was like what's wrong with me um she was confessing her love to yeah. not cyrano but but cyrano thinks she's talking about him and his facial expressions the whole time during that scene burned into my brain also like you said robert nicholas cage pig um Nicholas Cage for pig. <laughs> Nicholas Cage is not a pig. Nicholas Cage, <laughs> comma pig. <laughs> um, uh, and Simon Rex for Red Rocket is another one of those artsy ones. He's really amazing. I don't know if either of you saw that. I still never um, got around to yeah, it. I, I want to. Though, yeah, but either. it's it's like a really narcissistic, should be unlikable character because he does horrible things throughout the movie, but he's so charismatic mm-hmm. that you can't stop watching him. He's really, really, really amazing. Also, um. One thing that's really weird these past couple of years, like with Drive My Car, Parasite, Worst Person in the World, is they're nominating these movies in categories like Best Picture, but they're not nominating the actors. And yeah. I thought the actors in Drive My Car especially were amazing. Um, I think I forgot to mention this in Supporting Actor, but I don't I not, don't know any of their names. I'm sorry. But uh, the actor who takes the Uncle Vanya role I thought was amazing. Like that oh, yeah. scene in the backseat of the car. Mm-hmm. Um is ridiculous to me and the lead actor i thought was great and i would have nominated him over a few of the people in this category although i agree with you it's a strong category i would give it to andrew garfield he's my favorite um i want to give them uh shout outs real quick um oh yeah <laughs> I, good luck sir uh hitatoshi nishishima is the lead and i don't remember the name 
like there's no pictures for most of the people on Drive My Car's IMDb. So I'm really, really sorry. I don't know who plays, but I, I know who you're talking about, Foster. Yeah. Um, that supporting actor. I wanted to say two things real quick before I hand it over to you, Ben. One being that you're right. Peter Diglidge is incredibly emotive. Like I was, I watched Cyrano, I think last week. He has such a malleable face. Like his, mm. his eyebrows and cheeks just constantly <laughs> move all over the place. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he's great in that. And then two more best actors I would have thrown out just proving how strong of a year this was for this category. Bradley Cooper Hoffman. Okay. <laughs> Bradley Cooper and Cooper Hoffman. Um, yeah. Bradley Cooper and Nightmare Alley, Cooper Hoffman, Licorice Pizza. Ben, what are your thoughts? So best actor, like you guys were saying, it's pretty stacked this year. Um, there's really all, only one weak link, and that's Javier Bardem. It's not that he's particularly bad in that movie, but there are other actors that I would have nominated, like Nicolas Cage for Pig uh, mm-hmm. over him, or, or Bradley Cooper for Nightmare Alley. Um, however, I think, to me personally, this is Will Smith's year. He gives a career best performance in my opinion. However, I wouldn't be upset if Andrew Garfield comes home with the, with the upset. I would be fine if he wins. Cause he was amazing in a movie that I think is just fine, mm-hmm. but his performance is insane. He's so, so good. He's one of my favorite actors, um, but Will Smith, it, he was just so good in King Richard. It would be an absolute shock if he didn't win at this point, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, it'd be weird it would be very strange it would it would be like it would uh, almost be as weird as anthony hopkins, hopkins yeah. winning over chadwick boseman <laughs> yeah yeah it would it would be that level of weird yeah, i agree even though i love anthony <laughs> hopkins performance and i love chadwick oh, boseman's performance is that was just like the weirdest moment i don't know that and announcing la la land over moonlight are pretty like hand in hand in weird oscars moments they um, keep one-upping themselves. This is the way to, for them to get more viewers. Just keep doing nonsense, wild Ridiculous. things like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's move on to best actress in a leading role. This is the one. So we were talking about Hasaguchi earlier. I really did not want Lady Gaga to get nominated. <laughs> mostly because I did not want to see more tweets about like from music fans talking about movies and like not knowing what they're talking about that was gonna be that was like the main thing um because i saw so many of those as she was like being nominated and winning for other like other award shows so as like i was watching the the live announcement show for the oscars and as they went by i don't remember the order they did but once they said penelope cruz and olivia coleman i was like wait a second this is not how we thought it was going to go. Is Kristen Stewart getting in and Lady Gaga's not? I was in my, I was in this room alone, <laughs> just watching the stream on my computer. And when Kristen Stewart was the last one, I threw my arms up, threw my arms up, and went, "Yes." So yeah, there's, there's my thoughts on Best Actress. I, I want Kristen Stewart to win this really bad. Uh, I think Chastain and Kidman are very overrated. Coleman is like the boring choice, even though she's incredible in this movie, and. Uh, Penelope Cruz is is good. She's just like another great performance is in there, but uh, I would definitely give it to Kristen Stewart. So to me, this this category is super weird this year because it feels like Mm -hmm. anyone can win. Like there is no standout. There's no shoe in to win. It's just it's a it's a very packed yet not packed category for me because like I Olivia Coleman is fine in that movie. I don't really particularly think that movie is that good. Um, it's fine, but, and you're not going to like this, Robert, I, I, Jessica Chastain 
for me is the one who I think stands out. Uh, I think she was terrific because of the emotionality she brought to that role. That's not an easy role to pull off. And I think she did it in, in stride. Uh, Nicole Kidman was really good in, in the, in the role. Kristen Stewart was really good in a movie. I didn't really like either. So it's mm-hmm. like performances that I really think stand out in movies that I think are just fine. Yeah. Um, but Jessica Chastain, I think really, really stands out to me. And She's been winning a lot recently, which is surprising. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought for sure she would be one of those people that just gets nominated a bunch and never wins, but she might take it home. It looks like, I mean, again, very weird category. It's the most difficult one for me to predict out of the big ones. Yeah. Austin. I think, I think it's Chastain is how it's lead, leading, leaning right now, just because of, I think she just won the SAG. Mm-hmm. I, so she is also my favorite in this category. I'm like almost apologetic because I know so many people I've seen ragging on it now, now that she seems to be the front runner. Because I understand it is kind of a boring pick just because it's like a, a biopic and she's doing a silly voice and has lots of makeup. But I just thought she was incredible because I've loved her for, I guess, since Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, like I said, the that one scene where she's doing the TV interview. But there's I'm just also remembering the shot that they used in the trailer a million times when she has at the end of her life towards the end of her life with the makeup completely caked on her face. And she's just like looking into the mirror and making these weird facial expressions. I'm just like, I can't even see Jessica Chastain in there. Mm-hmm. Even with all that, I still think the coolest win would be Kristen Stewart. Um, so like if I were making my ballot, if I were voting, I would probably still vote for Kristen Stewart just cause it is really transformative. She is great in it. And I just think that's such a cool win just to, like all the people who were hating on her years ago for Twilight, now she's kicking all their butts. That would just be so fun. Kicking all um, their butts, and Robert Pattinson's I, kicking oh, yeah. butts as Batman. So. Literally. Yeah, literally. literally. <laughs> yeah. And she just seems like less affected by fame than I think other people do. Like she still seems pretty down to earth in yeah. comparison to a lot of other actors. And so I don't know. I just, I kind of want to celebrate her more so than, than, the performance in this case, although I love the performance. The only thing with Kristen Stewart, this is a real specific thing, is she does a lot of whispering in the movie. It's just like a whole lot of harsh British whispering in that movie. And the whole movie has a lot of whispering in it. Yeah, I, I didn't completely understand that, even though I did really like that movie. Um, just because I, I know what Diana sounds like, and it's not quite as harsh sounding in my head. It's just a little nitpick, which is why I would put Chastain a little bit higher for me. But there you go. I've talked way too long. No, no. Talk as long as you need to. Um, but you just hit on something yeah. right there that I like. Is That's the distinction for me. Ever since the Freddie Mercury win, I've been just like absolutely tired. Like the uh, Rami Malek for oh, Freddie Oh, totally. I've been absolutely tired of like people winning for playing real people. Or like people who are in the public eye. Um, yeah. So that's why... Um, the Will Smith and Andrew Garfield, Andrew Garfield are a little bit different to me because like there's not like a big public consciousness of those two people and what they're going to be. So paradoxically, I love the Kristen Stewart performance and didn't like the Chastain performance because Kristen Stewart, like she didn't do an imitation that like you were just talking about how you like, it's different than the voice that you know of Princess Diana. Yeah. Like, she kind of does her own thing. She's not all made up to look exactly like uh, Princess Diana did. She's costumed like her and all that, but it's like, she's still doing her own thing, and 
what she's doing to me is incredible. I hadn't even thought of the whispering, to be honest. So like, there was nothing about the performance that bothered me. I loved it all the way through. Like you said, I think it's just Chastain doing a silly voice buried under tons of makeup until you're right. That is the one scene that stands out to me. The one where she's talking with the, the, the man with AIDS. Um, but other than that, to me, she's just being silly the whole way through and just like screaming, I want an Oscar with every line. And that's where I, it just really turns me off. So I think, sure. Have you seen clips of the real Tammy Faye? Yeah. Oh, oh I know. It, it just, yeah, she's, she's something. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, she's doing a great imitation and it's like, yeah, yeah. Apart from the one scene, she's not really acting as much as much as like doing a uh, imitation. So I think the the distinction too might be for the reason you you like that Kristen Stewart performance so much, even though you're kind of against the whole public eye kind of performances, is that that movie kind of lends itself to not being a. It's not really a biopic. It's it, exactly. it's based off of yeah. the idea of what could have been, you know. Uh, and they say that at the beginning of the movie. Um, mm. and that, that might be why, and I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but no, that's exactly it. Yeah. Again, that's why I like the Andrew Garfield and the Will Smith, because it's like, it's a biopic, but not about like someone who we already know super well, unless you're, yeah, at least not. Cause I mean, <laughs> Venus or Serena uh, Williams. <laughs> yeah. Cause they're, they're, and especially when they were younger, he was really in the spotlight. Like he was, uh, the LeVar ball of the, yeah. of the nineties. People hated him, but then you put him like a face on him like this. You're like, actually, he's not that bad of a person. He might have had some things right. Flawed person, but he had some things right. And that's what I appreciated about the movie. So let's quickly do our best ensemble and best stunts, uh, what we would have liked to see, and then talk about best picture until the end. Ben, what are your three to five nominees for best ensemble? Best ensemble for me, I... So Dune would be number one. And this is, again, in no particular order, but Dune, uh, Spider-Man, No Way Home, Coda, King Richard, and Belfast. Foster? My nominees for Best Ensemble, in rough order, I would give it to Mass. That would be like, take it, take that award home. Uh, I think all four of those are insane um, performances. I would also give a nomination to The Humans, which we've not mentioned really on here and has not really been in the award season conversation, but that's like the definition of a good ensemble cast to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Licorice pizza, just because there's so many people who pop in and out that really make the movie like Bradley Cooper um, and others. Uh, Like the one actress who stands out, I'm going to mess up her name. It's like Harriet Sansom Smith, something like that. She just has this one scene that has stuck in my head where she's really, really funny. Uh, Drive my car. I think, is fantastic and coda just because i love that cast i didn't even think of drive my car in this category now that you say that because i have five and i want to yeah switch one out but i don't know which one to switch out i'm definitely going to say mass dune in the last duel would be in there and, and again this is like we're awarding mass with the mass award because there's no other best ensemble for me this would easily win but i'm going to do the humans like you said and drive my nice. car yeah, because I cool the humans is one that blew me away like emotionally like at that really human <laughs> at that really human level. Um, <laughs> Can I switch Belfast and put in the last duel for because for some reason that did not dawn on me. I should yeah, have of course. That. Yeah, I'm I'm totally gonna put the last duel on there because I wouldn't put 
Matt Damon in an acting category, but he is still just incredible in this. Oh, yeah. They're um, they're all so good because they're having to play different versions of the same character. It's wonderful yeah. what they do. Mm-hmm. Ben yeah. Affleck's fun, too. <laughs> yes. Affleck is the other one. He got a Ra- Razzie nomination. The Razzies are just fun to me. That's another one where people were getting worked up, and I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah. They have a Bruce Willis category. Them do. Yeah. yeah the Bruce Willis thing. That was that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, let, let's just uh, not spend too much time on this. What about best stunts and choreography? Uh, we'll start with you again, Ben. Uh, the Suicide Squad, because I think the the stunt work in that movie is absolutely incredible. Same thing with No Time to Die. It's James Bond. Like they, the way that they were able to blend practical and CGI is just nothing short of amazing. The Last Duel is another one, especially that that last scene alone is just spectacular. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, just because the hand fighting in that movie I thought was terrific and actually way more brutal than I was expecting. Uh, and then uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, the, the, the fight sequences and the choreography and that was beautiful, I thought. Uh, I also said, because you, when you, listed the category name you called it best stunt slash choreography i'm including west side story just because the dancing really really stood out to me in that like the level of coordination between all of those actors and dancers is pretty outstanding and i'm imagining the the camera person as like another element of that choreography that as the as the camera whips around through the crowds it's just insane uh no time to die like you said ben uh just retweet um (laughs) Uh, Dune, because I mean, this—that's a huge scale movie. There's got to be a lot of. I, I got to be honest. There's not like a specific stunt or something that's standing out in my mind when I think of Dune. But I would feel silly not giving it a best stunt slash choreography nomination just because of the the huge scale of that movie and all the coordination that went into that. And then I have a random one. Uh, I'm gonna add the King's Man just because the oh. action in that movie I think is really good, even though I didn't love 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 the movie overall. I thought the action was bonkers, especially the Rasputin. Rasputin. You know, that uh, is a scene. great pull. That is that is a great Thank pull. You. I would not have thought about <laughs> that. But yeah, you mentioned it in my mind. I immediately went to that Rasputin fight sequence. Yeah. So those are my five picks. My nominations are The Last Duel also, No Time to Die also. No Time to Die was one that we've only mentioned in this category. And I think yeah. you could even make the case... Again, if it wasn't such a stacked year for actor that Daniel Craig could have been in there because he he was does really his good. best emotional work as a character in this one. He was really, really good in that. It's like along the lines of if they had nominated RDJ for Avengers Endgame. Yeah. It's like it's a mix of legacy and giving a great performance in a genre movie. Um West Side Story, again, even though I didn't love the movie, I like this is what I loved about it. I would I would put Cyrano. Because I, it wasn't like flashy the way West Side Story is, but the choreography is pretty fun and like very, uh, very specific in that. And then I'll do my random one that uh, isn't necessarily expected at the end, and that's The Harder They Fall, which I thought was really great. I thought that movie was so freaking entertaining and largely because of the, the action. So yeah, those are my nominees. And I would have... I'd probably have no time to die win it. With that, we can finally move on to our best picture discussion. Where do we want to start? So, like I like I said, kind of at the beginning, like 
I said there's not like there's not like a big surprise here based off the entirety of the award season. You know, if I had my my personal choice, I would choose Dune, Coda, Belfast, or, or King Richard. Uh, unfortunately, I think Power of the Dog is the clear front runner here. A movie I more admire than I say I like. Yeah. Um, and I think in years to come, if that wins, you know, we'll we'll all look back and go, why? Not because the movie's bad. I, I don't think it's bad at all. But because while I think the the themes it tackles are as relevant as they've always been, uh, I don't know if it speaks to movie culture today and if people will look back at the year of 2021 in film and go, Power of the Dog really shaped it. You know, um, if it wins, yeah. I think you'll hear a collective sigh of, <laughs> fine. I, I do think, as as I always do, though, there should have been some more nomination for some genre films. But when I say that, I don't know what I take out, you know, mm-hmm. at the same time of what's nominated. Um, but I think the biggest standout to me, and I said I'd save this for later, if I may. Um, yeah. Go for everyone's it. Everyone's love for licorice pizza. <laughs> okay. To me, and I don't know how you guys feel about it or like it i assume you both i love it yeah i assume you both do so please don't read this as as me and insulting your opinion in in any way no 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 um, it's a hangout movie but it's not a hangout movie i i really want to hang out with you know it's the equivalent of that creepy friend your friends like and swear by (laughs) and say things like oh he's not so bad once you get to know him and then yeah you give him a (laughs) chance because you're a nice person and he immediately hits on your sister and your mom, farts in the living room and says things like, yeah, but she was mature for her age. Uh, oh look, twenty the 20 minutes with Bradley Cooper are amazing and I think hilarious, but that's it. Like, I'll go ahead and I'll talk about my, my the big elephant in the room. Sure. My biggest issue with this movie is that at its core, it's a story about a statutory rape relationship. No matter how you slice it, no matter how much the movie tries to paint each guy, uh, the main character interacts with as this really bad person or either treats her like a piece of meat or just kind of is dismissive of her. This is a 15 year old boy who is involved with a 25 or 28 year old woman. And look, movies aren't and shouldn't be the moral compass for culture i don't i don't think but the movie at least has to establish how wrong this is and to me it doesn't and it it, it kind of portrays it you know as something that we should cheer for and i just i can't with this movie i can't i'm sorry i i had to go off on the rant i'm sorry i apologize i know you guys like this movie well i don't know how how deep we want to get into this conversation because i know Everyone has had it. Um, and that's not to discount your reading. Of yeah. It and I'm, I'm off of Twitter, so I don't see any of this stuff. It feels like it comes back up every week. And <laughs> ever I'm, since. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I'm having to dig that up for you guys. No, no. <laughs> it's I actually like I haven't had the conversation. I've just read it had on Twitter yeah. 10,000 times. Um, and my reading of it ever since I saw it has always been like we're not supposed to be happy about it. It's similar. Like I get a similar feeling at the end 
that I get with the end of the graduate, except instead of the final shot of the graduate, I feel like those shots are sprinkled in throughout the movie. Mm. So like you see lots of different, like little looks, little shots that be like, Hey, this isn't great. Um, to me, the main thing is that it's these two people are romanticizing either being older or being younger. And uh, it's taking the romanticizing literally in that they basically fall in love with each other. But there is a shot at a certain point. There's a shot of them straight on and they're running right at the camera and it looks like they're not moving at all. And I think that's like the the whole point of the movie that like these people think they're going into something good, but they're actually not at all. Like I, I get the same feeling that I get when I'm watching The Graduate, except like this is a more entertaining movie throughout. Um, so that that's my my take on it. That's fair. I, I I think for me, I just those those hints and those subtle things throughout the f- film that you you picked up on, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the 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 main difference. Um, also, and it's a little bit of a nitpick I have, but it was a big WTF moment for me where he gets a in the movie he gets arrested at some point for doing something that he didn't or may or, I don't want to spoil it, but. When they yeah, yeah. they leave, they they are arguing, and then they all of a sudden just start running away. And I was like, "What is going on here? Why is that happening? That's not normal." I don't know. It, that's a nitpick, but I, I don't know. It's just it speaks to the larger problem I have with it. But mm-hmm. again, I no offense to anybody who who does love no, it. No, no. Yeah. Well, it makes sense when you have like large problems with a movie, then the nitpicks just become that much more apparent. You know, so. Did you have anything you want to add about it, Foster, or no? I'm going to happily sit out <laughs> on this controversy. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. It just didn't bother me as much. And honestly, I wasn't thinking about it too much when I first saw it. And yeah. then afterwards, when I heard about all the controversy, I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. So, like, I can't I can't complain. Like, if someone, if, like, you've been, if that bothers you, I, like, I think that's completely fair. Um, I just know for me... I thought it was a really funny movie at a lot of parts. I did like the hangout vibe aspect a mm-hmm. lot. I love those kinds of movies. And I, I feel like most people stand out as Alana Heim and probably from the performance angle, she is maybe the best of the movie, but Cooper Hoffman's character for me is maybe my favorite character in a movie this year. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, I just enjoyed watching him. I just thought he was funny and quirky. I love all the supporting characters. Like I said earlier, like with Bradley Cooper or, like Benny Safdie's character was interesting yeah. too. Um, that whole dynamic was really interesting. Also, again, the Bradley Cooper stuff was, was hilarious. <laughs> it was. Yeah, Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Sand Streisand. Anyway, let's talk about the other controversial one, shall we? Uh, what do you guys think of Don't Look Up? We haven't mentioned that at all. <laughs> Don't Look Up. I think, all right. <laughs> I like this movie like a lot more okay. than most people, I think. And I've read, and I, I can gather that because I read the Rotten Tomatoes score for that and all the reviews for it. Uh, the two things I didn't like about that movie are a romantic subplot involving adultery. I didn't care for that, and I also mm-hmm. didn't care for Mark Rylance at all in the movie. Um, I like what his character represented, but overall, yeah. I, I had a lot of fun with that movie. And I know that's a weird thing to say, fun when talking about such a well, it is a comedy. Pessimistic movie. But yeah, it, yeah. it's funny. But Foster, do you have any thoughts on this one that you're okay sure. sharing? <laughs> no, I'll talk about this one. Uh, 
Yeah, I did like it. I don't love it, and I would not have nominated it for Best Picture. Mm -hmm. Um, But I agree, it is really funny, and it is fun. And I think the cast is really fun. Like, there's so many performances. I actually did like Mark Rylance. I get it's he's definitely going for something. So if it doesn't click with you, then oh boy. But um, (laughs) Kate Blanchett also is a standout to me. Um, I'm just like every every second a new name pops into my head. Timothy Chalamet. I thought he was hysterical. Timothy Chalamet was hysterical uh, fingers and potatoes yeah. yeah yeah yes the the only reason that like i can't say i loved it i mean it is a little bit overlong i think but i just feel like it's kind of condescending yeah um like placing the burden clearly it's about climate change placing the burden on the viewer rather and and the whole time i'm sitting there thinking like well you're a whole bunch of millionaires like making this movie. You're you have a lot more power than I do right now. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so yeah. like, yeah. I don't know. It just felt, I don't know, a little icky to me. Um, and I felt that a little bit with vice too, which I also enjoyed that, but really I think big short is the only one of these three Adam McKay movies that I think rises above that. Yeah. Um, I would completely yeah. agree with that. To me, vice is more of a Dick Cheney hit piece than a commentary on yeah. power. Yeah, to me, I'm probably lowest on Don't Look Up, but I still don't dislike it because I thought the stuff at the very end, like at the uh, when they're all in the house eating Thanksgiving dinner, I thought that was some of the most effective emotional filmmaking of the entire year, uh, which says a whole lot coming from the guy who made Anchorman and <laughs> Step Brothers, yeah. uh, both of which I love, by the way. It's just not you wouldn't necessarily expect that from him. To me, my biggest problem was that it was condescending and. I didn't think it was that funny. <laughs> I I wow. wanted to laugh. I love all of Adam McKay's straight comedies. Like The Other Guys is one of my favorite comedies. Anchorman is one of my favorite comedies. Step Brothers is one of my favorite comedies. All of them, you know. One of the funniest um, lines from The Other Guys is, my wife is cute. She is not hot. It's <laughs> 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 like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's great. Um, but yeah, what is the rule about like you can repeat a joke two or three times and then it stops being funny. Like the thing about the the paying for the snacks in the White House. How many times did Jennifer Lawrence bring that oh, up? Like, so many times. I, yeah. I laughed the first time. Like when it happened, I laughed. I laughed when she repeated it. And then she said it 18 more times. And I was like, all right, this wasn't funny for such a long time. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad that uh, we don't have too many controversial things to say about don't look up no i think the the most controversial opinion i have aside from i think licorice pizza is uh i don't like i really appreciate power of the dog i really really do i I can't overemphasize that enough but like i saw what that film was doing within the first like 10 minutes Hmm. and, and what they were going for and how they were doing it and i think it was I think it's a testament because the, really the movie it's it's a I describe that movie as a battle of wills, uh, and I think if you can get on board for that slow burn, it's fine. But again, I don't think, like I said, I don't think when looking back at the year of twenty twenty one is Power of the Dog the movie of twenty twenty one. I I don't know. I don't yeah. I don't think so. Now I can't speak for everybody. You know, m- movie opinions are not a monolith. But for me, I I can't. I don't I don't think of Power of the Dog when I think of the year 2021. Most of these movies I would be fine with winning, you know, but that's the one that I kind of scratch my head at as opposed to just outright yeah. hating. Like if Licorice Pizza won. Right. 
So I had like the opposite experience with you where like I didn't get what it was doing until about the last 10 minutes. And then I was like, oh, wow, that all makes sense. That's all great. I should I should watch this again. But it's over two hours long and I haven't watched it again. So like, yeah, I'm just basically going to echo what you said. It's like it is incredibly well done. Uh, There's a million great performances. It looks beautiful. Uh, It says a lot in a lot of layered ways. It's just not particularly fun to watch. Not that it has to be fun, but it's like not particularly drive my car. We'll get to that in a minute. But like that's a long one that is very intentional with its with its plotting. But like I feel like I could watch that again in a heartbeat. And I don't really feel like that about Power of the Dog. The way I saw it described, I think on Letterboxd recently was it was like watching very beautiful paint dry. And uh, (laughs) I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah, I can agree with that sentiment. Poster, any, yeah. any thoughts I, on it? Yeah, I really liked Power of the Dog. Um, I It would not be my first choice to win, but I, part of it also, both with this and Don't Look Up, Don't Look Up I saw in the theater, and so hearing other people laugh at the jokes mm. I think really helped. I don't know if I would have enjoyed that as much at home um, if I'm just like watching it on my own. Right. Uh, Power of the Dog, same thing. I had a great ex- theater experience. I was at like a real snobby New York theater where everyone was dead silent. Um, like, you know, normally during a movie like that, you hear a lot of confused reactions. Like, what was that? Could someone explain it to me? But like, no, at this snobby New York theater, the first thing I heard was, oh my gosh, Johnny Greenwood scores. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yes, my people. (laughs) Um, uh, But like, I I was so into the movie because everyone was silent and like, it was, it was tense. And Benedict Cumberbatch's character, even even though, yeah, the accent can be a little distracting sometimes. I think the performance itself is amazing. Yeah. Um, he's like in, he has a, an intimidating presence in that movie. Um, and I think all the other performances are great. I think it's beautiful. Uh, for me, what I really love about it. Yeah. The ending, like you said, and it makes me want to go back and rewatch it. And I had the same experience as you, Robert, where like in the last couple minutes, that's when it all clicked for me. Mm-hmm. But it's also to me just like a technical masterpiece in that I feel like every single edit and every single shot is is completely purposeful. Um, so, yeah, the the filmmaking is really important to me when I'm watching movies. I love the technical yeah. side of movie making, and so I was just really really impressed with it. Um, yeah. Perhaps my favorite part of what's come out of uh, Power of the Dog is the Bronco Henry memes. <laughs> so, like, oh, absolutely. Like, people would be like, I wonder what Bronco Henry's March Madness bracket would look like. Someone should do yeah. a meme with Sam Elliott as Bronco Henry. Has that already happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, oh, I haven't seen one, but that sounds perfect. Uh, someone should do that. I think, I think people have. I think people have. Now that you're saying that, just ring a bell. Someone should do that. Yes. Um, we talked a lot about West Side Story. Do you guys have any other thoughts about West Side Story? I don't think I do. I so like I initially was not very like quote unquote hyped for this movie. Like I I, mm-hmm. I didn't really have many expectations. I've seen the original. I thought okay, this is Steven Spielberg getting getting to do his musical. He hasn't really done one. I thought he could do incredible, especially after seeing you know Indiana Jones and Last Temple of Doom in that opening sequence. I thought okay, he could probably do a yeah do a really, really good musical. And I was blown away by this movie. I really was. And my friend Reed said this, and I agree with the sentiment and I've already said it on here. I love how romantic the movie is. Um, 
And if you can buy into that, that's great. But I'm hearing most people don't buy into the main romantic angle of the film. They they more so are are into the other elements of it. I can't speak to everybody, but that's the general consensus of what I've, I've gathered from it. But I I do think it's a it's a technical marvel, and the movie did move me emo- more emotionally than I was expecting. Like I I was crying at the end of it, which I was like, hmm. why? Like I was not expecting it, and it 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 got me. Yeah. Um, like I said, I've basically said everything I have to say. I I totally get why people love it. I get the romantic aspect of it. And like I said, I love how it looks and how it's made. It's just I couldn't buy into the romance. Anything else from you, Foster, about West High Story? I loved everything about it. Technically, I also had trouble getting into the emotion of it. And mm-hmm. also, honestly, the, the songs are not for me for the most part. Um, I will say the moment Rachel Ziegler starts singing, oh, amazing. Um, like that that balcony song yeah that that one completely worked for me um yeah so like it's it's hard i feel like musicals it's your enjoyment is so dependent on whether or not you vibe with the music and i don't know it's this this style of music is just not for me i've i've listened a lot more to the tick tick boom soundtrack it didn't leave you Um, feeling stunning (laughs) it was a terrible dad joke i'm very sorry (laughs) um Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> just ignore go. that one. <laughs> just fly past yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Um, ben, I know you really love Belfast, right? I did. Wasn't that one of your favorites? I did. It year? was so. If I were to redo my top ten, it would probably fall um, probably at number six this time instead of five. I would put Coda mm. above it because I've I've rewatched both of them and I I think Coda hits me a little bit more emotionally, especially because I know that person that works on that boat. You know what I mean? Troy Kotzer. I, I know that person. Yeah. Uh, so I connect with it more emotionally. But Belfast to me, I love it. And the, I think the main reason that I love it, besides it just being a, a story of about family, is the relationship our main character, the young, the young boy, has with his grandparents and his love of movies mm-hmm. and going to see movies. And the person in my life that made me love movies and really supported my love of movies was my grandmother. And that's why that movie really hit me more emotionally than I think most people that I talk to, uh, because I just really connected with that aspect of it, of just how sweet that relationship was Mm -hmm. and how I just, I really related to it. And I, I could have watched three more hours of that movie of just them living out their lives. You know, I, I thought it was, it was a terrific movie. Yeah. I really don't have a ton of thoughts on Belfast because like I didn't dislike it at all. Like I liked it. It's very sweet. I enjoyed my time watching it, but it has taken up no space in my head <laughs> since I saw it. Um, so that's pretty much my entire thoughts is like the cast is great. The movie is perfectly sweet and I enjoyed it. Um, I have no issues with it being in best picture. Or even winning because I like Kenneth Branagh and the stuff that he does. It's just like for whatever reason, it, there was nothing in there that that kept it with my kept kept it with me in my mind. Yeah. A- after you say that, now Ben, I'm feeling bad for all my Judy Dench. No, I agree with you though. Like <laughs> for, the, her, for the grandmother character, her performance is really good, <laughs> and I love it. But I did find yeah. it interesting that she got the nomination over um, the name is slipping me, but the, Katrina Valve. Yeah. That yeah, she's amazing. That was the the shocker to me. Because in terms of performances, I thought Katrina Balfe was better. Yeah, I really liked this movie. Uh, like, I was really into it, but then I felt like it just ended. And I it, it's mm. a little too short 
which I rarely ever say that. Usually I feel like movies are too long, but like I wish it was fleshed out just a little bit more because then I think I would have been, I would have more of that emotional tie. I also love the Jamie Dornan singing Everlasting Love at the yeah. end. I think that's pretty great. Um, all here for Jamie Dornan singing in every movie between this and Barb and Star. Um, it's a good trend. Don't you wish you were roommates with him, Andrew Garfield, and uh, Charlie oh Cox? Char- Charlie Cox. And Robert Pattinson. And um, Eddie Redmayne, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that that's an insane group right there. I want to hang out with that crew. Yeah, for real. Yeah, you mentioned Coda. Want to want to speak on Coda again, Ben? So Coda was one of those movies that I initially heard of in our Slack. I, yeah, I, I forget. From Aaron. Yes, it was, Aaron Swiser kept bringing it up, and I was like, "What is this movie?" And like, how do I go see it? Found out Apple TV. So I sat down one night. Um, my mother was in town; she was visiting, and we watched it together. And I just, you know, how those those movies that really define why you love movies. That was kind of that movie for me. It just filled my heart up with, with joy and, and wonder, but not wonder in the sense of like when I watched star Wars, it was more wonder in the sense of, of more of a, a realistic goal. If that makes any sense. Like it just, mm-hmm. yeah. it was very familial and very sweet. And like I said, I know those people, I know that family and that's why I think the movie really resonated with me. And that's why I think it's becoming a dark horse to win best picture. Because I think, again, I think when people watch that movie, they're like, Oh yeah, I know this movie. It's very sweet. It's very kind. It's funny, but it's also got real moments in it, you know, too. It it doesn't pull any punches. And I think that's why it, it resonates with so many people. And that's why it really resonated with me on top of just having some incredible performances. I mean, everyone across the board is just, terrific and great representation too of having deaf actors oh for sure i was the same way that i heard about coda through aaron on slack and i was like <laughs> me too <laughs> oh yeah all three of us aaron's the champion of, of uh, shout out. Yeah. <laughs> he's the champion of coda because that like i i might have heard of it before that but like not in a way that would register that this is something i have to watch and then i think he just kind of talked about how great it was long enough that I was like, all right, fine. And then much like Belfast to me, it's just like a really sweet movie, very touching, very neat. Like there's not much that's super challenging in it. It's kind of like uh, by the numbers for this kind of story. And it stayed with me a bit, a bit more than Belfast. And I, and I do like it a lot. I just, when I saw it, I was like, Oh, that's a nice family movie that I watch now. And I'll probably not hear too much about other than from Aaron for the rest of the year. <laughs> I was not expecting it to get this kind of awards legs and honestly good for it because I, I like this kind of like, it is immensely earnest and I just love when a movie is like that. Yep. Yep. Me too. Uh, If I'm going just by favorites and not necessarily what I want to win, this is my favorite of the best picture nominees. Ben, like what you were saying, it just is a deeply fulfilling movie, like on a heart level, you know, I, I, I cried like four different times in the, in the last, third of this I movie too. um i love the whole family i like all four of those but those family members get some really nice moments i thought amelia jones was great she has a very nice voice i'm I'm not completely sure i would buy that she's goes on to be like a professional singer or anything yeah. like that in, in like selling out stadiums or anything but like the the sweetness of it really really worked for me and yeah troy kotzer and marley matten is 
Marley Matlin as the parents, I thought were perfect. And yeah, like you're saying, they just, these are real people. It feels like when you're watching this movie. Yeah, I loved it. And again, it's set in New England. So they were Red Sox and Bruins stuff throughout. So I like that. Um, <laughs> speaking of sports, uh, King Richard was another one for me. That was just like, I feel like there's a, there's a tier of these Best Picture nominees where it's like, wow, that was good. But it didn't really blow <laughs> me away. Um, like it was by no means terrible. There, was, there wasn't anything that was like, I didn't really like that about this movie. It was like, wow, there's a lot of good movies that came out this year. And it's like not really objectionable to see it in Best Picture. But it's like also be kind of a boring win, in my opinion, um, just because there's so much uh, more out there, too, in particular, that I'll say in a minute. I saw King Richard as tennis, Moneyball, but uh, the players were his family, you know, <laughs> like Billy Bean and his Will Smith. And uh, yeah, so it, it was cool in that sense. Like I, I always like a good sports movie and this is definitely a good sports movie. Um, it's also a good family movie and it's also a good like you're not always on his side, uh, King Richard's side, Will Smith's side. It's not like root for the dad character. Yay. You know, especially since Venus and Serena were involved in it. Like that just makes it even better to me. It's like they are using their positions of uh, monetary power and celebrity influence to to honor their dad in such a sweet way. But also they're not pulling any punches because it like he's not an out and out hero and I really uh, respected that about the movie. Yeah, I'm a sucker for sports movies. I I love sports movies. I've grown up watching them my entire life. My favorite is still Warrior, but this is close. I I adore this movie. It it's one of those movies that you know that that uh, that quote that everyone always loves to say. You'll stand up and cheer. You know this mm. is actually one of those movies. Like it 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 really resonated with me and I love the familial aspect, but I think the thing I appreciated about it the most aside from Will Smith's performance, which was just incredible was how, like you said, this is produced by Venus and Serena Williams. They could have just cherry picked the best moments of his life and kind of shy. They could have Bohemian Rhapsody did it. Yeah. They could have shied away from the more, nuance not so black and whiteness of his life and they don't they play into his his infidelity and some of his questionable you know choices but at the end of the day the reason he's doing that and i think the reason they show that is because he was he loved his daughters and he wanted to protect them and he wanted them to be the best versions of themselves that he knew that they could be and i just I, I really, this movie really got me. Now, I think the last tennis match goes on a little too long. Mm. But other than that, I, I really, really, I, I adored this movie. I did. It's one of those crowd-pleasing movies. I am halfway in between you both. I really liked it. Um, I, uh, not quite into the loved it territory. Uh, for me, I'm not a huge sports person just in general. So the best thing a sports movie can do is make me feel like I'm missing out on that sport. Mm. And I felt that when I was watching this. Oh, nice. Um, like, like I don't, I don't know, because of course I'm not a sports person. I can't say this with any certainty, but I felt like the tennis was really good in this movie. Like, especially just the editing of those scenes and the way they were shot. Um, like, I really 
felt the impact of it as if I was watching or as if I were whatever watching real tennis matches. Um, and I think it's also kind of subtly well shot too. Like the, the colors feel really rich and full in this movie. Um, love the costumes, uh, like even just like the, the, the socks that Richard wears yeah. are kind of stuck in my brain right now. Um, and yeah, acting is great. I don't know. It's not one that I'm going to rewatch a ton necessarily, but I did like it a lot. Um, Nightmare Alley. Ben, I know you liked this one a lot, right? Because you messaged me about it. I did. I Because when I saw it, I was like, you know, this movie has a lot of like really good themes. And you are the mm-hmm. type, like, just knowing you, you, you love diving deep into, into that sort of thing when it comes to movies and, and really pulling them apart, you know, the why to everything. And yeah. to me, this movie is one of those, this deeply rich thematic movies about you know essentially the 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 root of evilness with people and how how far they'll go and you know how far they'll they'll push push that until the uh the guy comes you know what i mean until yeah <laughs> until that that day comes where you have to pay the price for all the really horrible things you've had, you've had to do or horrible decisions that you've made. Um, I really, really enjoyed this movie. It is not a nice movie by any stretch of the imaginations. The, my God, the Willem Dafoe talking about how he makes the, uh, what's it called? The geek, the geek, dear Lord. I was like, that is messed up. This movie's dark. Like it pulls, no punches. Oh, it's very dark. Yeah. It pulls no punches. And I just, I really, really enjoyed it. And it was surprising to me to see such a uh, kind of meh response from most people that I talked to. No, yeah. I heard the same exact meh response that you did. And it's uh, pretty dis- pretty disappointing because I thought it was great. Um, easily one of the best of the year. And that's why I'm very happy that it was nominated for Best Picture when uh, it, was, it was a pretty big surprise. I've only seen four del toro movies nightmare alley crimson beak shape of water and pan's labyrinth and what he does well out of those four is illustrate the ways in which people suck (laughs) you know and that's the biggest takeaway that i had from nightmare alley he shows what it takes to grift because that's what bradley cooper does he grifts hard and he plays into people's emotions people want to be fooled and he gives that to them and they don't see the ramifications of what the, of what's going to happen when they ask to be fooled. You're right; it's not fun to watch. No. But like, when something this airtightly, if that's if that's the correct way to say it, <laughs> if if something is able to pull off its dark themes in such an airtight way, the way that I think this does, then it's really got me on its side, and uh, that's that's where I land on Nightmare Alley. Yep, I also loved it. Uh, I thought visually it's one of the best looking movies of the year um not only the circus stuff but the the stuff in richard jenkins what is that like his mansion yeah or, or his the, manner also see his, his manner sure and like the scene with rooney mara out in the snow these they show the shot in the trailer which they probably shouldn't have but that's yeah. a pretty incredible image um also you're talking about willem dafoe i wasn't this in Spider-Man No Way Home on the same day? Yeah. Uh, they came out on the I same mean, day. I mean, he's kind of crushing it. 
I thought he, I loved him in No Way Home, by the I way. Uh, that's honestly like you were talking about genre movies that should get nominated for things. I wouldn't have complained if he got nominated for that because I watched that movie and I'm like, who on earth can can do this but Willem Dafoe? Yeah. Uh, Norman's on sabbatical, honey. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so, so good. good. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite in Nightmare Alley is probably Kate Blanchett. Um, I just, I, I was really into those like therapy scenes. Um, yeah. And in large part because of her. Also, Bradley Cooper's final, final scene uh, is some pretty outstanding acting, I yes. think. Second that. Yeah. I just, I liked it all around. It's maybe, it's the only thing that holds me back is it's a little bit too long yeah. and not necessarily super rewatchable. And it does have that weird halfway break point between the circus and the rest of the movie that makes me not necessarily excited to go back and rewatch it, even though I had a great time watching it. Right. I'm a big fan of Bradley Cooper and I think this is his best performance. I'd put it over um, American Sniper and A Star is Born, both of which I think are incredible, largely because of that last scene. It's heartbreaking. And Mm -hmm. I remember watching the beginning of this movie and being like, is there something about, like he doesn't talk for like the first 10 or 15 minutes. He's just completely silent, but you're still like, totally engrossed yeah um i think we've only got two left and one of them we haven't all seen but i want to say i watched drive my car two nights ago absolutely blown away i was not expecting to to love this as much as i did i wish i was able to see it earlier because it's absolutely one of the best movies that came out last year i've never watched a three-hour movie and felt the the time less than i did when watching drive my car this is a movie full of like five to 10 minute conversations, just one on top of the next. It doesn't matter. They're all so gripping, so engrossing. Like I just, I want to watch it again. Yeah. This, this thing is incredible. Foster, any, yep. any thoughts? On oh, I, I absolutely love this movie. This is what I want to win best picture. It, it won't happen, no. but like it, this it is, should. this is why, yeah, this is why before I asked you, like, are we, are we, cause if we're doing rankings, are we doing it based on, like personal enjoyment or what I want to win, like personal enjoyment. I like Coda really spoke to me, but drive my car is just like kind of a masterpiece. I think I I'm also excited to watch it again. I think that the performances are pretty great thematically. There's a whole lot to, to piece together and you're right. It does move pretty quickly for a three hour movie that is almost entirely conversation based. There's just a lot of, there's a lot of conversation scenes that really stand out to me. Also, foreign movies, just in general, especially like, like from Japan and South Korea, I think are just allowed to do a lot more weird things than American movies are in in terms of plot structure and the filmmaking. Like the fact that the credits, opening credits, doesn't drop until forty minutes into the movie, yeah. or the fact that it's three hours long, or the fact that it's like mostly entirely conversation based. It's just like I don't know. I really love that, and it's so refreshing to me to watch watch something like that when I feel like a lot of movies kind of have a a feeling of sameness Mm -hmm. sometimes it's like this is just so different from anything I've ever seen that I I respect it so much and you're saying you watched it two days ago Mm -hmm. and haven't stopped thinking about it I watched it over a month ago I think and have also not stopped thinking about it so look forward to that nice Um, yeah I thought it was fantastic yeah I loved its messages like every single one of them um yeah first hour i think great. the big oh <laughs> i can't i can't wait to hear your thoughts on the last two hours um 
I, I said at the top of this that like talking about the Oscars and, and telegraphing importance and all that kind of stuff. I think without the Oscars, I would never have watched Drive My Car. So I'm happy that they're yeah. nominating stuff like this. And I want them to keep nominating stuff like Drive My Car and like Parasite and like Roma, you know, all this stuff that people wouldn't watch otherwise. It's going to bring attention. And this kind of stuff needs attention because if you watch this, maybe you're going to dive more into uh, other movies by this director, or maybe like the actor, just maybe just Japanese cinema in general. Um, so yeah, I I just hope that this this trend that the Academy is on continues. I think it will because they have a much more diverse body uh, than they used to. And that leaves the last movie for us to talk about with the big one that I left for the end on purpose because I know at least two of us absolutely adore it. Um, I think you do too, Foster. Yeah, I really like it. I've said this a million times on a million different podcasts and videos and all that kind of stuff now, but I'm going to say it again. I never thought I would have the kind of experience of watching Star Wars or watching Lord of the Rings in the theater for the first time because I was too young to see either of those in the theater for the first time when they came out. But I was absolutely like blown away, transported, all of those words, all of those uh, <laughs> verbs when watching Dune. Like I, I recorded, we've mentioned our Sif Pop friends a lot. I recorded a Sif Pop writer's room review with Aaron uh, for this. And I was telling him that it was, it felt like an almost religious experience in that it was um, so communal I was in the IMAX on opening weekend and no one dared like make any noise. You know, there was, there was no one being an annoying theater person that you see all the time, unfortunately. And then by the time that the last note hits, speaking of the score, like that, that vocalists, that woman, (laughs) yeah, that woman's incredible vocalizations at like the last moment. I just like had chills down my spine and I was like, just thinking about it now. I just watched I just something got special. Chills. Yeah. You're giving it yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. Like that's my point. And it, at the end of the movie, it felt like me and the, however, and however many other people were in the theater with me, we had just experienced something special together. And this is just like a special movie to me. And it before long, it's going to end, uh, going to work its way onto my favorite movies of all time list. I, I just absolutely love Dune and I was not expecting to at all. Like I was just like, all right, this is going to be good. People are saying it's good, but no, it was like special. It was amazing. Yeah. Did you say you watched it a second time at home? Uh, yeah, I actually watched it in IMAX. Then I was like, I had to show it to my wife and we watched it at home on HBO. And then my uncle texted me and was like, Hey, have you seen Dune yet? I was like, yeah. And he was like, do you want to see it again? It's my treat. And I was like, sure. So I saw it. Three times in like the first week and a half. Sure. I, I, I saw it three times as well. <laughs> it's um, worth it. How did it play at home for you compared to the theater? Uh, the story still worked. I just was wishing for like the giant IMAX and surround sound. But yeah. I got the 4K once that released and I've watched bits and pieces of it. And like it, I don't think it's an exclusively theater movie to make it work. No. Yeah. I, the Leaving Caladan, that's that song yeah. and that sequence is like my favorite thing of the movie which is kind of wild but but it is the music i think in large part um and the visuals yeah i also really loved it um i'm like just a hair below where i think both of you are Mm. um which which of course makes it sound like i don't love it but even though i do really really love it um yeah i just didn't quite have that feeling of like lord of the rings uh in 2021 or whatever 
year that was. Yeah. Time has no meaning. Um, <laughs> they blend uh, together. I thought all the actors were good. Yeah. I Oh, I, do you know, I really loved Stellan Skarsgård as the villain. I thought he was nasty and the I kind of loved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And those, the makeup effects, however they did that, that was really cool. Rebecca Ferguson is probably the best performance in the movie. I think um, so. Yeah. Great visuals. Great movie. This movie <laughs> floored me. Much like you, Robert. Like I, I yeah. so like, I had a prior knowledge of of the source material because I read the book, um, and I my my wife was starting to get interested because she she liked the trailer for it. She loved the cast, so I got her all the books. She read all the books, um, and that's when I say all the books, I mean like Dune, uh, Dune Messiah, and Children of Dune, um, not the others. But I've only read the first Dune, but but that's besides the point. I was prepared for this movie to be really a spec to be a spectacle, but this is a really right. hard movie to do. It, it is very, very hard. And Denis Villeneuve did the impossible. I don't know how he did this. It like I was, I was in awe and in wonder the entire time I was in the theater from that moment where you hear the, and you'll, I think you'll know this, Robert, the phrase that he says at the beginning, dreams are such and such. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't remember exactly what it is. Yeah, but, but yeah. it's something along those lines. As soon as I heard that and that, that loud kind of roar in the theater, I was like, uh-oh, I'm in, I, I'm in, I'm in for a good time. And just, I, I, I felt shook after I saw it. Like I, I had to go home. I had to, I had to, I had to do some decompressing. Like it was, it was, a it was an incredible triumph of a movie. And much like you, I, I, Robert, I, when I left this movie, like I saw return of the King in theaters, but I didn't think I could see something new that would transport me quite like this did. And I can't wait for the sequel. This, this movie is incredible. I, I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. It was my second favorite movie of, of the year after what, uh, sex Snyder. Oh, one that's not Sex Snyder's Justice League. It's my number one. That's not um able to be nominated for Oscar. No, gotcha. no, it's not. The the ending also of the movie. I know some people felt like it was abrupt and they felt like they didn't get a full story. I did not really feel that way. I actually really really loved the the ending and it's like has almost biblical proportions the way he's yeah. marching off with that crew of people it's like i get kind of i get chills well, at that the, that ending and it makes me really excited as someone who does not know the book i have mm. not read it i would like to try and read it before part two which hopefully i'll have time to do but you've got a year i would yeah. plus i i, I, sure I second that notion man like it's it's the the end of this movie is the end of the first part of his journey which is him accepting the yeah. call yeah that that is that is very much step in step with something like Lord of the Rings, the fellowship of the ring where he finally is like, all right, I've broken up from the fellowship. I'm going on my own with Sam at the time to Mount doom. You know, it's the ending of it's the acceptance of it. Him at the end of this film, uh, Timothy Chalamet, Paul uh, at the end of the film, he's accepting that call. You know, yep. it's the, the, the beginning of his journey, you know, and I, 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 mm-hmm. I really dug it. It felt very much like the ending of the first half. It absolutely makes me want to pull my hair out when people talk about how this is this is half a movie. And it's like, for one thing, the very first thing that you see is that it says Dune Part 1. And for another, it is a complete arc for the main character. Yep. Like, 
I think those are the two arguments that are just like, there you go. You don't need anything else because like, I have nothing else to say about that because it is a movie with an obvious <laughs> sequel coming later. And then the guy has his full arc and it's called part one. That's all you need. Yeah. And I loved it. All right. Um, any other thoughts on Dune or any of the other best picture winners or nominees? I think this is a really good lineup of, of best picture nominees. There's again, only one. And again, I, that I would really take that I would, that I would want to take out and, and the rest of them, as much as I say, you should nominate more popular movies. You should nominate more genre movies. And I still think you should. It's hard for me to take out any of these movies. Yeah. For me, same thing, except I would take out don't look up and the other nine I'm pretty happy with. Yeah, me too. Uh, with taking out don't look up. Um, so with that let's head on to the very last segment. Foster. Can you count down 10 to 1 the Best Picture nominees? Sure. And like I said before, I'm ranking this as in this is what I would submit for my ballot. This is not necessarily like personal favorites. This is just what I want to win. So here we go. Uh, Number 10, I would say is Don't Look Up. Number 9, I liked this movie. It's just it was too short for it to have an impact. Belfast, 8, King Richard um seven west side story um that one's hard because again i think it's like a technical masterpiece just didn't quite hit me personally six upward we're getting to the ones that i really love 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 now nightmare alley five dune sorry i know that's low probably for both of you (laughs) four the power of the dog again i'm sorry three (laughs) coda which i love uh but i'm not sure i would give it best picture two Again, I'm sorry, Ben. <laughs> Licorice Pizza. I did like that movie quite a bit. And then number one, I would give it to Drive My Car. Nice. Ben, uh, nine to one? All right. Uh, so disclaimer, again, really love the first hour of Drive My Car. Haven't seen it. Um, yeah. Number nine would be Licorice Pizza. Uh, number eight would be Power of the Dog. Number seven would be Don't Look Up. Number six would be Nightmare Alley. Number five would be West Side Story. Number four is King Richard. Number three is Belfast. Number two is Coda. And number one is Dune, to no surprise. I think I have three very distinct tiers on mine. Numbers 10 and 9, I'm just like, eh, they're okay movies, but I really would put other things in Best Picture. Eight through five, I would say these are good. You know, like I'm fine with them being in there. And numbers four through one, I absolutely love them. So number 10, Don't Look Up. Number nine, West Side Story. Eight, Belfast. Seven, King Richard. Six, Power of the Dog. Five, Coda. Four, Nightmare Alley. Three, Licorice Pizza. Two, Drive My Car. And one, Dune. If we were if we were the three of us voting on Best Picture, I think Dune would pretty easily I'm win it. I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, great. We talked about the Oscars for two and a half hours. We'll see how long it comes out to after I edit it. Maybe this will be two parts. Uh, probably will be. That would be more fun. Ben Foster. Ben Foster. <laughs> <laughs> really good actor. <laughs> he is. Ben and Foster, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this took up a big chunk of your Thursday evening, and I really, really appreciate you guys coming on to talk about movies and the Oscars with me. I think this was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for, for having me. I always enjoy 
uh, talking movies with you. Um, it's a lot of fun. Foster, this is my first time actually meeting you in person. So it was, it was nice to, uh, chatting with you, talking with you yeah, in, in person. person. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, so, <laughs> face to face. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. You too. This was awesome. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, Ben. Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, like I said, the podcast is going to be going to continue to be irregular. So it'll come back at some point in the future when I have something to talk about that can't be a video or a blog post. So with that being said, thank you to Luke for making the podcast artwork. Thank you for, to Laura for making the podcast music. And thank you to you for listening. Till next time, signing off. <laughs>